Amen. Thank you, Amanda, for that sweet song. Amen. All right. Uh, good morning, everyone, and thank God for this wonderful opportunity that I can preach once again. It's It's been a while, right, for me to stand behind this pulpit because the last time I checked, um, I quarantined, and I, I was the speaker, but I was in the parsonage, and I just did Zoom, okay, the last time I preached. But um, it's such a great um, joy for me to be here, and I hope that everyone's ready to listen to God's word. Amen. Amen. I believe we are all here because we want to be fed. So without further ado, uh, may I invite everyone to please rise with me, and let's open our Bibles in the book of John, chapter 13. John chapter 13, and we'll be reading from verses 1 down to verse number 5. I'd like to request everyone to read it with me. Again, John 13, verses 1 to 5. Are you there? Amen. Amen. In verse 1, ready, begin. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, Having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towels wherewith he was girded. Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we can all be here in your house of worship to study thy word together. And first of all, to lift your name high and to worship you and praise you with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our soul. Lord, we ask forgiveness from all of our shortcomings and our sins that we have committed against Thee. I pray that Your blood once again will wash our, our dirty hearts, Lord, and we come to Thee with humility and a contrite heart, and we just want to ask for the Holy Spirit to um, be free to move in our midst. Lord, we need His guidance, we need His power, Lord God, and um, I just pray that You hide me behind Thy cross and we just thank you, Lord God, because you are always our strength. You are our joy. You are our everything, Lord God. That's, that's the reason, just one of the many reasons why we're here to praise you because of who you are. Lord, be with us for the rest of this day. I pray that you bless each heart, each ear, even those who are um, worshiping with us online. Lord God, I pray that you be with every one of us. This is all we pray in Christ's most precious name. Amen and amen. You may now be seated. Thank you so much for standing with me and I'm just really so excited this um, this morning to preach God's word but let me start by saying um, that God really wanted us to grow spiritually right God wants us to grow God wants us to know him more God wants us to be more close to him to get closer to him to know about his words and um, God wants us to grow. And I believe that all of us here, physically, you know, whether we like it or not sometimes, but I wish we would like to always grow and grow. And, um, but if we just have the right nutri nutrients that we eat every day, for sure we are going to grow, right? And yesterday, um, you know, the kids had their time with their teacher. Um, Sister Lella and Sister Judith planned on, you know, um, bringing those, uh, the kids out to eat for lunch, I think, and they have like really nice desserts yesterday. And while, we were, uh, while we're, they were here yesterday, I was trying to come here and just, you know, uh, I was going to prepare for the choir. And all of a sudden, everyone's coming in, and then Sister Lella also, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Sister Lella requested me to share a devotion <laughs> to them before they, you know, go to their destination, and that was really impromptu. I was really surprised, 
And I just took the opportunity. Uh, that was, you know, my opportunity to be a blessing to them. Although I don't have, to be honest, of course, that was surprised. I didn't have a prepared lesson, but thank God because, you know, the Bible is always there and it's always, you know, available to be proclaimed and be delivered. And I shared with them something. And I just noticed that these kids used to be like really small. But when I was looking at them yesterday, they were all grown up now. They have grown physically. Not to mention Anthony, right? I think he's even taller than his parents. <laughs> and I believe one of the times that I went to the Bautista family when we used to go to house to house and have Bible study, I noticed one of the doorposts in their house that has, you know, those marks when they were young. I don't know if you have those parents when your kids were young and you try to measure their, you know, height when they were little. You know, when they were one year old, you would like, you know, uh, ask them to go behind or against the doorpost and try to measure, get a pencil and put a mark. Oh, this is your height right now. And then as they grow older, when they were two years old, you're going to do it again. All right. And then, you know, sometimes parents love to feed their kids and sometimes you just pour food on them and they just keep on growing and growing and growing. And maybe one time you just noticed they just came back from school and they have already grown. Right. So uh, those are, you know, those times. And we just want to really treasure and we are happy every time we see them grow, you know. And don't you know that I think that doorpost that the parents are using to measure the growth of their kids, I believe for us, as we measure our spiritual growth in Christ, that doorpost is none other than our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Because he is our perfect example. He is our standard of spirituality. Amen. Our goal, one of our goals as a Christian is to be just like him, to be like Christ. Now the question is, when we measure our spirituality in that doorpost or in that fence post or the Lord Jesus Christ, what would be the measurement of our spirituality? Are we on that level one? Are we on that level two? Are we on that level three? How long have we been on that level one? And are we growing gradually? Are we trying to move forward? Are we trying to grow? Are we trying to get to know more about Christ? Are we trying to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ? That is the question for us today, right? And you know what? One of the signs and one of, uh, I believe, the, one of the things that we can measure our growth is when we start doing something for God, when we start to serve God, when we start to serve God and serve others. Amen. And if you notice the title of our message this morning, do you have a towel? Is there anyone here who has a towel? If you do have, I'll give you $100. Face towel. Face towel. No one, because I know that the, in the piano room there's towel there. I'm glad that no one <laughs> tried to, you know, run there and try to <laughs> bring it here because I don't have $100, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay, but... Um, do you have a towel? That's our, the towel of our message this morning. And don't you know that um, the word towel in the Bible was only mentioned twice? It's not a lot. You know, usually when, you know, when a preacher tried to emphasize something, he would look how many words that was mentioned in the Bible, and that would give, you know, wow, a lot of words that should give a lot of importance to that word, you know, to that topic. But don't you know that even though it was only mentioned twice in the Bible here in our text, just this main text that we have read from chapter 13 of John, verse 4 and 5, that's where we can see the word towel. Though it is not mentioned often, but I believe that the usage is tied in with the lesson of tremendous importance. Amen. We can see a lot of importance to this because the lesson is about the duty of the believer to be actively involved in ministry to others. Amen. That is what the towel speaks about. It's about the duty of the believer to be actively involved in ministry to others. And I believe that this church is so blessed, and I feel that this church is really so special to me. And a lot of you, we cherish this church, and we love this church for so many reasons. And one of just those reasons is because, for me, I, I can see the eagerness of so many 
you know, to serve and minister. And really that makes being one of the leaders of this church really giving me a lot of joy. And I believe for all the leaders to see everyone doing, you know, something for God, doing something for the church is such a great thing that would give each one of us joy. You know, we have a lot of workers in this church, praise God. We have a lot of leaders here in this church that are also working. You know, this upcoming missions conference, um, we see Sister Hazel, you know, trying to serve God. Sister Hazel Miguel in trying to lead these kids in practicing for their, you know, ministry performance, for their service to God. Uh, looking forward once again, although we always have this this year, but it, it always excites us, right? And for Sister Hazel, that is her ministry. That is her passion, right? You don't the pastors don't need to tell him, uh, Sister Hazel, can you do this again? No, actually, he would, she would just be the one to volunteer herself. This is my part. Every missions conference, I will do it because that's my service to God. And, you know, that is such a joy for all the pastors to see, not just, you know, Sister Hazel, but a lot of, you know, here in this church, all the eagerness that the pastors can see, that really gives us a lot of joy. You know, and thank God for the many Christians in this church that have a towel, and they know how to use it. They know how to use it, and they know why they are using it. If you don't know why, you, if you don't know yet why you're using your towel, you have to know why. If you're doing service to God, you have to know why you are doing it, because that would keep you from doing it. I mean, that would keep you in doing it. Because that's a whole lot of meaning. All right, so the question today is, do you have a towel? Do you have a towel? Let me just share with you three things this morning. If we're going to look back again from our text, verse 4 and 5, we can see here the first point. The Bible says, verse 4, He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. So this story was right before his crucifixion. And one more time, he's trying to teach something to his disciples. He's trying to teach them what? We're going to find that out later. So from verse 4 to 5, we can see here the exhibition of service or the presentation of service. First of all, we can see here from verse 4, he riseth from supper. He left the relaxation. You know, when he left, that, um, when he stood up, when he riseth, you know, he used to be just having fun and fellowship with his disciples before, you know, that great trial would come, but because of his service, he has to leave them. He left the relaxation. The meal was one of a fellowship and love in verse 1, the Bible says. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end." They are having feast, and they, and he loves, you know, eating with them, because that, those are his beloved disciples, those are the apostles, and he's been trying to, you know, impart a lot of knowledge with them, and he shared a lot of moments with them. So he really is cherishing that moment that he is eating with them, and no doubt Jesus was enjoying and we call that the Last Supper, right? And this would be the last time he got to enjoy the company of all his disciples on this side of the cross. And this time it has actually been immortalized with the famous painting, right? Uh, the Last Supper. And no doubt he would have loved to just sat and enjoyed the sweet fellowship. But that night didn't last just like that. What did he do? The Bible says, but... He riseth from supper. He left the table. He left the food. He left the comfort of the pillowed seat. He left the sweet fellowship. He left the pleasure of the food and fellowship. He left all of those for what reason? To serve. Amen? To serve. And I believe there's always time to eat, right? 
There's always time to eat. There's a time of fellowship. There's a time to relax, and there's a time to be refreshed. And then there's time to serve. Amen? There's time to serve. There's time to work. There's time to labor. There's time to roll up our sleeves and get busy. You know, there was a song I'm actually going to sing. I didn't sing before I preached, but in the middle I'm going to sing. There's a song that's called, My house is full, but my field is empty. There is peace and contentment in my father's house today. Lots of food on his table, and no one is turned away. No one wants to leave the, the table. There is singing and laughter as the hours pass by. But a hush comes the singing as the father sadly cries. My house is full, but my field is empty. Who will go and work for me today? It seemed my children all want to stay around my table, but no one wants to work in my fields. No one wants to work in my fields. Should I keep on singing? Second verse. Push away from the table, look out through the window pane. Just beyond the house of plenty lies a field of golden grain. And it's wide unto harvest, but the reapers, where are they? the house oh can the children hear the father sadly say if you know the song I know it's in high pitch can you sing with me my house is full but my field is empty who will go and work for me today? It's in my children all want to stay around my table, but no one wants to work in my fields. No one wants to work in my field. It's kind of like a sad song, don't you think? But actually, it's true. That's the reality of what's going on around Christianity. A lot of people just are satisfied sitting, but not serving. But Jesus set an example. Amen? That's why he is always our doorpost. He is always our fence post. The one that we really look up to. Because even himself, with this kind of act, he set an example. He laid down his napkin and picked up a towel. He laid down his fork and spoon and picked up a towel. He left the plate, the food, the fun, the fellowship, the relaxation, and went to work. He went to serve. He left his relaxation, not just that. He laid aside his robe. He laid aside his robe. We can see that in the same verse. I believe verse 4, he riseth from supper, and laid aside his garments. You know, some things you can't do with good clothes on, right? 
every time we have our, you know, it's just once a year, our spring cleaning fellowship. No one would come here wearing just like what I'm wearing right now. This is a good clothing, but I, would, I wouldn't wear this if I'm going to work, if I'm going to clean the church. What would you wear? A working clothes, right? You're just going to wear a shirt, maybe a short, you know, because you, you, you come here to work. And that's what Christ did. Because he is going to serve, he is going to work, he has to take off his garment and be ready to serve. He took off his outer robe, his go-to-meeting clothes, and put on his go-to-ministry, go-to-ministry clothes. Amen? Every time we serve God, you know, I believe Sister Hazel, sometimes, you know, he, she would teach the kids even coming from work. You know, but as she comes here, you know, he's, she's actually trying to put on the go-to-ministry work because it's going to take a lot of her patience. It's going to take a lot of her strength in teaching these kids that we have. You know, not to mention how really difficult, you know, teaching happy hands because they all need to be coordinated. If there's like one mistake, they have to repeat it all over again. It's not an easy task. You know, in everything that we do, whether you teach or you preach or you clean, you know, you don't wear like a really, you know, um, like a tangible working clothes. But spiritually, every time we work for God, you know what? We wear something different. We wear a go-to-ministry because we know that our hands are going to get dirty. You know, our patience is going to be tested. You know, our strength is going to be, you know, tested. We have to be ready. We have to put on those clothes. That's why Christ has to lay aside his robe. He has to be changed. And actually, in line with that, on our third point, he, speaking of that, he lowered his reputation. You know, such a nice verse that we have always been hearing from Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 8. The Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. See, that's our Lord Jesus Christ. He used to be majestic. He is God. He is the only son of the Father, our creator. And he's actually one of our creators. He was part of the creation when this world has been created. The Lord Jesus Christ is God. But there came a time because we have rebelled against God. We have committed sin. We have disobeyed God. He has to come down for him to pay the penalty of our sin. He doesn't have to do it, but because of his love, because of the great love of the Father, he has to come down here on earth. He humbled himself. He became a servant. The Bible says, took upon him the form of a servant. And he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He suffered for us. And you know what? I taught our Bible study group just last Friday, we have summarized and wrapped up our lesson about, you know, the question, how come there's a lot of suffering in this world? Even though we know that God is so loving and so good, how come there's a lot of evil and suffering in this world? And one of the many reasons why, of course, suffering is, um, is not a good thing, but there's a lot of things that would come out of suffering. And I shared one of those things to my Bible study that, don't you know, because of suffering, especially the suffering from the cross, because of the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, now that produced eternal salvation to all of us. If Christ did not suffer, if there is no evil in this world, if there is no suffering in this world, we would never have salvation. But because of his suffering, because he willingly gave himself for all of us, now we can enjoy eternal salvation. Amen? Amen? That is the beauty of suffering. And you know, the Bible says that he obeyed unto death, even the death of the cross. What a very humbling, great act from our Savior. That's who he is. He lowered his reputation for all of us. You know what? The most menial of tasks was pouring water in a basin and washing the feet of other people. No one would love doing that. 
I'm going to share with you some instances um, later on, you know, but Christ did that, yet Jesus demonstrated this servant's heart in this story. And let me just emphasize this. When, you know, when the Bible says that he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, we can see that that is like the very ultimate and the greatest act of his humility and service to God. But you know that he would never do that if he did not do those little tasks of washing the disciples' feet, of being with those people wherein he was healing them. Because if that would happen, Christ would have just, you know, came here like when he was already grown up. He would never, he would, um, he would not need to be born just like us in a manger, to experience being hungry, to experience being a baby, to experience being, um, you know, an adolescent, a teenager, to experience all the pains of this world. Why did not just God send Christ when he's already 33 and a half years and just ready to die? Because the Bible says that he came to die. Why would he have to be born? Because he needs to experience what we have experienced in this life. And he has to experience those little tasks, those little and menial tasks, you know, those services, before he will do the ultimate and greatest act of service. And I always believe that service to God is always an opportunity. Amen. And if you are the person or the Christian, Lord, I am not after those little tasks. I would just take the opportunity when it's a big thing. You know, when I'm going to stand behind, you know, um, before people and they would recognize what my service to them is. The Lord will not give you that great opportunity unless you undergo those little tasks first. Because the Lord will never entrust you a big task if you did not even do the small task that God has given you. Amen? That's why whatever opportunity and service that we can do for God, let us do it. Amen? Just like what our Savior did. Amen? So that was our first point. What was that again? The exhibition of His service. Secondly, the explanation of service. From verses 12 down to verse number 15. Are you still with me? Amen. Verse 12, the Bible says, So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say well, for so I am. So what is the explanation of service here? You know, I love how Jesus worded his question in verse 12. What did he ask them? Know ye what I have done to you? Um, what's the like, uh, English like, modern translation of that? Know ye what I have done to you? D did you know what I have done to you? Something like that, right? Did you know what I have just did? You know, I washed your feet, you know? So he didn't ask them, know ye what I have done for you? But he asked them, know ye what I have done to you. Do you know the difference? Did you notice the difference? <laughs> know ye what I have done for you. He did not do them for them, but he did it to them. Why? Because you know what? Everything Jesus did during his three and a half years always had a purpose. He did that act. He did that to them, because he's trying to what? He's trying to teach them. Amen. He's trying to prepare them. He's trying to prepare the disciples for the ministry. You know, and there are so much that the Lord Jesus Christ knew that these disciples didn't know. I'm just going to give you some notice just how many times in these few verses it emphasizes what Jesus knew. In verse 1, we have read there, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that is something that the disciples did not know. Verse to the devil having put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray him. What's going on in the heart and, you know, soul of Judas, actually the Lord Jesus Christ knew. 
In verse 11, verse 21, 26, and 28. In verse 3, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things. Verse 3, Jesus knowing that he was come from God and went to God. Actually, Brother Gilbert, there's a slide to, uh, to that, I believe. Verse 6 and 7, what I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. You know, Jesus was always teaching. Jesus was always trying to, you know, when he does a situation, there is always something that he would like to impart to other people. And in order for you to teach, you need to know that, right? You need to have a knowledge about it. You need to have a knowledge about things in order for you to teach. And in this passage, he wanted to teach them the importance of serving. You know, and they had already been given a lesson about this. And they were just not paying attention. You know, actually, um, in Luke chapter 7, in Luke chapter 7, verse 44 down to verse number 46, the Bible speaks actually of two different incidents when it comes to the woman, you know, who has an alabaster box. Okay, so the Lord Jesus Christ washed the feet of the disciples, but there's also women in the Bible who did that. Remember those, that expensive ointment, right, that she used and then she washed, you know, the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And most well-known was probably Mary of Bethany, right? And Jesus' feet, just, um, he did that just days before his crucifixion. And this Mary was the sister of Martha. It is mentioned in Matthew 26, Mark 15, and John 12. Now the other lady goes unnamed, and this is the one in our text in John. Her story is told in this text. While there are multiple similarities in these two stories, there are different accounts occurring in different places at different times. And I believe that her name is intentionally not mentioned here because this, you know, she could be anyone. She could be us, you know, including us. She had been forgiven of many sins, and the only name that mattered was the one who actually forgave her. The Bible says in verse 44 of Luke chapter 7, And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. You know, you did not worship me, you did not greet me, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet, my head with oil. Thou didst not oint, thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. You know, Jesus is busy. Jesus is always busy teaching. The question is, are we learning? Have we learned it yet? This story in Luke 7 has always spoke volumes and volumes to us and a lot of people. A lot of times this story of this woman who have thought that other people thought that she wasted that expensive ointment. You know, he came in, the Lord Jesus came in expecting someone to give him water for his feet, but nobody did. He came in expecting someone to kiss him, but nobody did. He came in expecting someone to anoint his head with oil, but nobody did. And then what happened? Then someone did. And then when someone did, everybody in the room got critical. And this is what I've noticed. It is a sad truth that the most critical people in the church do the least. You know, they won't lift a finger to do anything but they notice every fault, they notice every mistake, they notice every failure, they notice everything, but they don't do the work. It's sad, right? So the Lord Jesus Christ is just trying to explain here the importance of our service to Him. Amen? And I'm close to the end. Amen? Wow, it's just 1120. We're not used to this, right? <laughs> All right, so are you still with me? Are you not hungry? Are we going to have a feast? Do we have a towel later? All right, so the last is, first is um, the exhibition of service, the explanation, and last, the expectation. From verse 16 to 17. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, Neither he, that is, um, neither he that is sent greater than he that is sent him. 
If ye know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Wow, that's kind of like contradicting. You're the one who's being worked up, getting sweat all over your body, all over your face, but that's going to make you happy? If you do service, if you do something for him, the, Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ himself said this, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. If you serve me, if you serve others, that's a happy thing. That's a joyful thing. That is going to make you happy. The lesson was more than exhibition of service. There was also an expectation of service. If I, being your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, the Lord Jesus Christ said, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Christ put a perfect example. And in John 13, verse 15, we have read that. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. My question this morning is, do you have a towel? Do we have a towel? If so, are you using it? Are you using that towel? Whose feet have you washed? Who have you served this past week? Whose load have you helped carry? Whose heart have you encouraged? Whose spirits have been lifted? Who have you demonstrated true Christ-like love to this week? You know, those are the questions that we need to answer. And the key to this story is verse 17. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. It is always a blessing to be a blessing to others. It is always a good thing, and it's always a happy thing to do good things to others. And I'm going to share with you some three stories. Um, you know, I, uh, we're, everyone is aware that I just traveled in the Philippines. And um, Brother Gilbert, can you show the first image? Uh, you don't know this person. Um, this is one of the members in my old church in Tarlac City. That's actually, his name is... I erased it, but Joshua, that's his name, Joshua Salazar. And just recently, he graduated and became a registered master electrician. Oath -taking, this is the oath-taking ceremony for registered electrical engineer and registered master electrician. And I believe Brother Gilbert is also same profession, electrical engineer. And the reason why I'm telling you this because for some reason, that post... Me and my dad, we were tagged, including the family. You know, usually when you try to post something on Facebook, you would, uh, you would tag those people who are related to you, who's part of that post. But for some reason, <laughs> that's why it really intrigued me. How come my dad and I, was, we were tagged in that post? So I put a comment, and I just said, congrats, and I'm proud of you. And I said something like that. And then the dad, the father, all of a sudden, he commented on that comment that I put, and he said that he sent a private message to my dad's Facebook account. So, to be honest, I'm the one running my dad's Facebook account. <laughs> so I have to log out of my account and go to my dad's account, uh, just so you know. And I went to the messenger and saw the private message. It was a long message. And I have no clue how come we are tagged there, how come he would send us a message. And you know what he said? It is in Tagalog, but he was just very thankful. First of all, he was thanking God for his salvation. And I believe my dad was the one who shared with him salvation. And he was so grateful about that. And he was also grateful because my dad, at one point, maybe one of our trips in the Philippines, and the, probably they met, um, he said that my dad gave an allowance to you know, his son when he was in second year college. And he was just so grateful and thankful for my dad doing that and that my dad has a big part in his success. Isn't that something? I know there's a lot of people who would not remember you from what you did do good to them. 
But when someone remembered what you have done, although we're not expecting anything when we do good things to others, but that really just gave my heart personally, and I believe my dad. I read it to my dad. And actually, I have to, you know, videotape my dad just to respond to, you know, his message. And that just really gave, gave us a lot of joy in our hearts. You know that we became part of his success. Is it lunchtime? <laughs> that we became part of that achievement in his life. And another thing that I would like to share with you, I don't know if you can recognize her, that's Sister Jelly Rojas. And there was one point that I asked for prayer in this church, um, like maybe last year or two years ago. And I asked for prayers because she's going to have a really major surgery. She actually lost her eye because there was a tumor behind her eye. And she, in, she uh, experienced multiple surgeries. After one surgery, she thought that it was over, but then there's another problem. It was cancer, so they have to take the whole, you know, um, eye, the, her right eye. And it was really graphic, like, you know, when she had the operation, like, there was a stitch all around her neck. They really, I don't know how doctors do that, but they literally opened her skull, her head, just to get to the brain and take out. So she really went through a lot. And this church, so generous when we, there's prayers mentioned here, we are always, we have always open hands to help people. And some of you helped financially, not just by prayers, but also financially. This um, friend of mine from the Philippines, she's also, she came from the same church. They and we, we worked together before in the church, and now she's a teacher. And her story has become viral. It has become an inspiration. It was, that was just aired. If you notice that newscaster, what's her name? I actually showed this to my Bible study. There's a video, but if you want to see the video, it's in YouTube. Okay, Vicky Morales, that was aired like a few days ago in GMA, all around the Philippines. All the people was able to hear her story. And on the Facebook page, it has already one million views. So it really became uh, an inspiration to a lot of people. And you know what? Before that feature was showed, she private messaged me and told me, Kuya Abel, Pastor Abel, ganito, ganito, I'm going to be featured in GMA. And you know what? I believe the reason why she text messaged me because she remembered that one of those days, one of those years, I was able to help her, and this church also was able to help her. And she was just very thankful. You know, and this is such a great inspiration. And, you know, I actually did not tell her, oh, you're now famous, because I know her heart. You know, she has such a humble heart. You know, she doesn't have just physical problems, but not to mention her family problems, what she's been through before when she was young. You know, all the things that she's been through, you cannot fathom it with our mind. If I'm going to put myself into her shoes, I'm, I don't think I can do it. But all through those years, she became strong. She became faithful to God. And that is because a lot of people helped her. You know, she appreciated and mentioned even those who have sent her five pesos, ten pesos, even twenty pesos. Little things, but she really appreciated everything. Doing, th doing good things is always a good thing. And the last picture that I have here is our church. Let me share with you one of the things that I really love every time I'm going to the Philippines is because I feel so loved and I feel so special. <laughs> and you know what? First of all, I would say that is because of God. You know, if you have God with you before, you are no one, but now you are somebody. Amen? Because we have God. And secondly, I would owe to this church. Since I came to this church, I became famous. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I believe that's one of the reasons why people are, oh, past, there was a time when I was there. Um, I was about to leave. I don't know if I have only one week or, but, you know, we've been inviting missionaries from Pangasinan. And there was a pastor there who just private messaged me and texted me, Pastor, do you have time? We want to spend time with you. We want to pick you up from where you are, and we're going to go to places. We're going to tour you around. We're going to feed you. We're going to pamper you. 
We're just gonna, we just wanna make you happy. And I was like, what have I done? <laughs> but this church has something that we have done to them. God has something that did, he did to them. They were just being grateful. They were just being thankful and they just wanna somehow pay back, you know, the good things that this church have done to them. And you know what, our church, the reason why we have those missions there, it's such a blessing since, you know, it's also our missions conference upcoming that we have touched a lot of lives and we even support those missionaries even though we haven't met them personally. Isn't that a blessing? You know, because that's the goal of our church, to be able to help people in order to furthermore the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what, this coming missions conference, we have a very unique theme Raising not our standard of living, but raise our standard of giving. Pastor Abel, that doesn't make sense. How can you raise my standard of giving if I did not even get a raise from my job? How can I raise my standard of giving if we are in the midst of this pandemic and people are losing jobs? How? Well, God can give you that answer. I, am, I don't have the answer, but we always work by faith. Amen. We always work by faith because we know the promises of God in his word, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And God always wants us to try him, you know, because when we try him with our service and with our giving, surely the Lord will bless us. Will bless us indeed. You know, you want to be a happy Christian. I'm going to close now. You're going to need your towel. You want to please the Lord? You're going to need your towel. Do you want to let others know that you really care? You're going to need your towel. Do you want to let a lost and dying world know that you love God and, know, and that you love the people of God? You're going to need your towel. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, Thank you so much for this encouragement from your word. Your word is always powerful, only if we will just let our hearts open and we would only let your word pierce into our hearts. And that is how your word is. It is like a two-edged sword that would pierce our hearts. And I hope that your message has been delivered and crossed over the heart of all your people this morning. And while every head and every eye closed, I would also like to take this opportunity to have an invitation for those who are longing to have a personal relationship with God, if you are an individual or if you are a person right now who you think that there is something missing in your heart, there is something missing in your life, let me tell you that that cannot be filled in with riches in this world or fame or money. But only the Lord Jesus Christ can fill in that empty emptiness in our life. Let me tell you, there is someone who loves you so much that he has given his life to die, that he suffered because he loves you. And he wants you to be with him. Is there anyone here that you, that you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? That you want, your put, that you want to put your trust in him? If you want, just follow this prayer. Lord, I admit that I am a sinner. I know I have done wrong things in my life. Thank you for your word. I now accept you 
as my personal Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Make me your child and help me to trust you along the way in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. For all the Christians here, let us try to go to that doorpost again and measure our spiritual maturity before God. Using Christ as our standard, using Christ as our example, as our measurement. Where are we? Are we on level one? Do we have a goal to raise that level and Lord I want to do more are you a Christian that you have been just sitting and soaking but you have never really sacrificed anything to God you, you have never you know rolled up your towel rolled up your sleeve and serve God this is the time that we can tell God Lord I want to do something for you I want to serve you whether you are a new Christian or you've been a Christian for so many years now, I believe that the Lord is still open for willing hearts that would do anything for His glory. The Bible says that even, you know, you give water to the people if you only do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is very pleased. The Lord is happy when we do that. So let us pray to God. Let us pray to God, Lord, please, once again, use me. Use me. I want to serve you. I want to give my life to you. I want to give. And before we give anything, we have to give our lives first to God. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we believe that our time here on earth is very limited and soon we are going to face you whether we like it or not. And in order for us to be ready, we know that you want us to do the right thing and serving you is always the good thing and the right thing to do. Lord, give us the, desi the desire, give us the reason. Lord, if there's anyone here who have lost the joy in our service to you, Lord, help us for that joy to be restored. Lord, help us to be on fire once again in whatever we do for thy kingdom and for thy glory. We give all the praises and glory to your name in Christ's most precious name. Amen and amen.